This episode is sponsored by EOP Media. EOP Media exists to advance big ideas by leveraging comprehensive marketing strategies that eliminate cycles of reactive change and redundant solutions. That is why we say EOP Media is a new type of agency for the next economy. We will achieve this mission by advancing four big ideas. Transforming the marketing profession, evolving marketing for the new economy, revolutionizing the startup ecosystem, and enabling individual agency of identity and data. If your organization is wrestling with the same ideas, or if you're interested in learning more about our ideas for the new economy, please get in touch with us at eopmedia.com. Welcome to the Tech Aunties Podcast, where we're bringing you industry context and vision from myself, Angelia McFarland, and Gina Rosenthal. On each podcast, we will share our marketing and technology industry experiences along with the tea. Listen to us as we explain the past so you can have context to understand and create your own version of the future. So let's get into it. Hey, Gina, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Good. I'm excited today to to talk to Dr. Carla. We are continuing our conversations on responsibility. And we have Dr. Carla here today to talk to us about the responsibility mindset and the mindset that you need to take if you are moving. I call call Dr. Carla a multipreneur, but if you're moving from one thing to another, there's this mindset shift that you have to have. So welcome, Dr. Carla. I'm going to take the first few minutes to let you kind of introduce yourself and tell the people who you are. Well, thank you. And it's such a pleasure to be here today and, and all that is going on and see what's happening in your life. And you're killing it, both of you. So congratulations on what you're doing. Um, as Angelia said, I'm Dr. Carla Michelle, Carla Michelle, however you feel, what works for you. I am an executive coach with a background in psychotherapy. So what I like to do is work with um executives and high-performing individuals, male and female, and helping them find that harmony in their lives. Many times we're so focused on expansion in our career, we're missing what expanding our personal lives. So I like to do that in in sync, spiritually, mentally, financially, professionally, personally. And um, do you want to know anything else? Because I think that's a... No, no, that's good. That's good. I um, So the thing that we want to, we really want to talk about is is um and full disclosure uh Dr. Carla I, I don't want to say was um we we don't actively coach anymore but she's still part of my life but um she came into my life at a time when I needed a mind shift I needed a mindset shift um which is why I invited her on for this and so I want to talk about I want to ask you to talk to us about the power Mm. of a mindset shift. Well, 
Yes, definitely. Some of the background, I moving to an executive coach, I used to be an executive assistant, which while I was getting my PhD in business psychology, it was such a great honor to work with executives so closely. I, would, I was able to sit in the rooms and um, just gather and watch personality, characteristic, team dynamics. Moving from an executive assistant to an executive coach was very different. Uh, I wanted to stay at my job. I thought they would use me in HR or something, and they called me an anomaly, meaning they didn't have anywhere to put me, and they really weren't going to put me anywhere. So that was, I already was working on moving out on my own. But, you know, you kind of want that security of that paycheck every two weeks and all the health insurance and all the, you know, stuff that keeps you, right? But what I had to do was uh, about a year, I went ahead and notified them that I was leaving. But in that mind time, in that mind time, because there's time when your mind, you have to control it, right? It's that mind time where it's like, what are you doing? You're crazy. (laughs) You are, you know, you're 50 something years old and you have four kids. And even though they're grown, there's insurance, there's things. And, but I had to go ahead and I hope the listeners will understand it just didn't happen overnight. It was the work I put in. I had, you know, some people don't believe in affirmations, but I had to talk myself up. I was my own cheerleader. I had to, I had to wake up in the morning and do it. I had to do it in the afternoon. I'd be at lunch with this, you know, list of things of who I am, (laughs) what I, I I am not exaggerating. (laughs) And that's what helped me because if I built the foundation, I'm really, key on building foundation, the higher, the deeper my foundation was, I felt the higher I could go. And so that's the importance of mindset. I mean, we can go only go as far as we believe. Our beliefs are, are, you know, our thoughts, our thoughts are our beliefs. And then those are our actions. Our beliefs are our actions. Our actions are our beliefs. And so tying that all in, I knew that in order to be successful, whatever my definition, because we all have separate definitions of success, was what I had to make sure that my belief aligned with my thoughts, aligned with my actions. Can you talk about beliefs a little bit? Because a lot of people are hamstrung by other people's beliefs of what they are and what they should be and creating a set of beliefs that are yours and yours only. You know, it's, it's something that we're not taught to really create our own beliefs. If you think about it, um, we do rely on our parents. If you have parents, uh, even in then, if you don't have parents growing up, you're relying on someone or you're feeling the hurt of not having someone tell you what to do or direct you into a way you should go. There is power in self-knowledge or knowing you. And we have to spend time with yourself to understand what do you really want, not based on someone else's doings or what they've done or even what your relatives have done. What is your belief? I think many times we think we can take people's stuff in and create our beliefs, which you could. But a lot of times that's not very um, it's not authentic. And if you want to survive in, even if you work for someone or you work for yourself, authenticity of who you are. So spending time with yourself, 
a lot of us, we don't like ourselves that much, if we can be honest. And so who really wants to sit down with you taking notes about what you need? I just had an event, if I can date this time, I just had an event this past weekend. So this morning I sat down and I debriefed about me. I debriefed about with the team after the event, but I debriefed about me. Like, how did I show up? What did I need to change? How did I communicate? Did I communicate opening and honestly that represented what I saw for the vision and success of, of this event. And that is the key of understanding my belief, because if you understand what you want, that helps you create the belief that aligns with what you want, which sets your intentions and helps you move forward. You said something that um, really hit me is that most of us don't like ourselves and I there are there are points in my life where that was absolutely true um can you talk to the person who is sitting there I I will say this too Dr. Carla I didn't know I didn't like myself right but I didn't um, can you talk to the person who may just like kind of know something's not right, but they don't know that it's because they don't like themselves? Yeah, you know, when you think of how do you know you don't like yourself? Well, one, you can tell by your self-talk. That's yes. the big sign right there. That's the signal. Beep, beep, beep. When you're always, I'm not this, I'm not that. I wish I was that. Look at them. You know, comparison is what the thief of joy, um, the things that you think everyone else is doing it better, bigger, badder, you know, that's that you have not tapped into your skill, your talent, or the things that you've learned, you yes. know, your backpack of knowledge. Uh, that's one way to know your negative self-talk. And also, if you don't like yourself, what are you doing? What are you doing? Are you victim? I like to give this personality. It's not a personality test assessment. It's called the self-saboteur assessment. And I like to give it to my clients because it finds out how they think about how they show up. Victim, overachiever, hypervigilant. Some of them, I can remember all of them. But you have to under, if you are hypervigilant, that means usually that there's something in you that you've dealt with a lot of um, anxiety, maybe growing Mm -hmm. up in you know, if you're a victim, it's always, oh, me, oh, my, no one helps me. You know, that's a sign you don't like yourself, because if you don't think that you can bring anything to this world, let alone your job, let alone your family, things that you've like, I don't count or I don't matter. That is someone who has to work on that. How do I get better at liking myself once those red flags show. So once you see that there's that negative self-talk or you're a victim or a hyperachiever or hypervigilant, this is where you do. I, I suggest, you know, a coach, a therapist, you know, to where you can dig deep. A lot of people think a therapist is just you have problems, like big problems. Right. Sometimes it's just to clear. They're, we don't understand how much how what's in us, how much it affects way we show up for the world and way we show up for our family. So doing that work of understanding what is the roadblock? What's the hurdle of you liking yourself? What stories are you believing? How do we rewrite your narrative so that you are hearing a different voice in your head, giving you tools and tips to help you propel to that level that you really see yourself? And then I would imagine if you don't like yourself, you do not like yourself, how are you even going to reach the goal that you set? So then you're frustrated with yourself. Yes. So you don't 
yourself, you're frustrated with yourself. You go through the, you know, the depression, the roller coaster. And um, so it's really key to understand, I need to learn how to like me. And it doesn't happen overnight. So I'm going to, I want to tell people, I love the story of, of how I met Dr. Carla. So I'm going to open the book for a quick second and tell you that story. And then I'm going to shift because if you want any more of this really good coaching, which is what she's doing, I want you to call her and pay her for it. So (laughs) you're not getting any more for free. You got enough for free on this episode. But um, I um, I have heard of coaches and therapists and I tried therapists and I had horrible experiences, not because the therapist was bad, but because it was a wrong match at the time. To me, it was the therapist was the issue, right? It wasn't, I didn't understand this concept of being matched with the person who had the skills to deal with who I am and what I was going through at that point in time. And so for many, many years, I steered very clear of therapy. I steered clear of coaching. Um, I was at a conference and I was standing in the Uber section waiting for my Uber. And this woman walks up to me and says, are you going to the same conference that I'm going to? And I say, yeah. And she says, I left my phone in California. I can't hail an Uber. They're sending it to me, but I wanted, do you mind if I ride in the Uber with you? And I said, no, no, uh, sure. No worries. So we get in the Uber, we're chatting up, you know, she's like, what do you do? I'm like, and, and she's like, I said, what do you do? And so we're, we're, we're introducing ourselves to each other and we get to the conference and how many times do we see each other? Like three in the hallway. Mm. Yeah. And um, Dr. Carla has this way, like every time she saw me, she like when people meet me, they they usually try to shorten my name. Angela, Angela, uh, Angie. Right. Uh, but every time she would see me, she has a big smile on her face. Angelina, how are you doing? How are you enjoying the conference? So I keep seeing this woman at the conference and she's like, are you going to coach? You know, what I'm doing I'm doing uh, 15 minute coaching sessions. If you decide to coach, come on and, and talk to me. And so I was like, I don't know. You know, I missed a deadline, you know, whatever. So eventually I get over there. Um, and there's a story to how I got over there. Some Somebody kind of pushed me in that direction. And when I get there, I was going to sign up with another coach because she specifically said, you don't have to sign up with me. Just come over and try it. Guess who's walking out the door when I come over there to sign up? It's Dr. Carl. <laughs> and at that moment, I was like, OK, it's got to be something to this. Right. I, this this has to be the person. And so I sit down and in 15 minutes, she just started hitting stuff. And I'm like, this woman acts like she's known me for 20 years because she's just like hitting things that I'm saying that I'm that I that I that I couldn't see. And that is how our relationship started. Um, that is the power of coaching. Um, uh, when I first started, I told my husband how much it cost. And he's like, you're paying her what? And I said, okay, okay, I'll try one round of coaching. By the time I finished that first round of coaching, I talked to my husband. And I said, well, I know it was really expensive. He said, oh, no, 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 no. He was like, no, you pay her. He said, <laughs> he said, if we have to cut back on something else, we will do that because that's a bill you going to pay. <laughs> so, so 
I had to put that in there to the power of coaching. But Dr. Carla is also an accomplished entrepreneur as a coach, as an author. She has her own podcast. Um, she wears a lot of different hats. She does her own conferences. Um and talk to us a little bit, Dr. Carla, about the role of being an entrepreneur and and is that mindset a different mindset than the mindset that you had to take when coming out of corporate or is it kind of the same mindset, but just directed in a different in a different way? I'm going to say it, it shifted a little bit. It expanded because it, to get me out of corporate I just needed to get out. I needed to leap. So my mindset was leap and then fly. (laughs) (laughs) Not just leaping, that is like leap and fly. Then you have to imagine when I leaped six months later, uh, the pandemic hit. So I have a six month, you know, executive coaching business and these companies are closing down. But it was amazing how just things just kept going. I, I still was getting clients because not only was the clients needed, then organizations kind of needed some step in, whether it was for DEI or anything else that I that I do. Um, but it was a different mindset because I had to get into the mindset of expansion. Mm. So one year, that was my, the year of, uh, what was that, 19 to 20. So 20, 2020 is when the pandemic hit, right? Yep. That was my year. I named my years. This year is named Freedom. Uh, that year, I remember writing on uh, a chalkboard expansion. And so how do I expand? I do this thing called a mind mapping where I put my name in the middle. I know people can't see my hands. People, I put my name in the middle and then I have these things, all that I do. So uh, whether it's the podcast, speaking, events, um, clientele, uh, doing um, training, it, you know, all the stuff. I have it coming out of me, <laughs> coming out of my name because it gives me a visual of how and where I want to talk. Some of the stuff wasn't even happening that I would put on there is just where I wanted to go. So it was an expansion. And I spent time expanding is different than leaping to me. I think leaping, very scary, very scary mm-hmm. to leap. But then I'm, I heard something that really resonated. Is it fear or is it excitement? Mm. Right. Because we so put it into fear when we leap or we do something different that we stop. Yeah. Well, if we start defining it as excitement, then it keeps us going. Right. Because fear, we, we're going to we're going to like, oh, that's too big. That's too much. Excitement is, is too big. But let's go. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah. So I moved from fear like that first year, the fear of even though I did it, I did it scared. I believe in doing things scared. But then I understood that, okay, I need to expand. And then that caused excitement of where do I fit? And not just expanding to expand. Not some, One of my uh, guests on the panelists said they were a serial entrepreneur, you know, but it's like that they're just looking and they have a lot of things going on that are working. But what is it that fits me? So it was a different mindset to see like, I can coach, but what else can I give that's, you know, the evergreen, you know, that could keep giving that I don't have to show up. That's the podcast. I can record, but it's there forever. I mean, it's five years podcasting. There's, there's courses, there's, 
things that I could come. You know, there's events that change up of how I coach. It's not just a one-on-one. It's a, it's a room full of people. So expansion was different than the leap. And if we are going to do things that are outside of what we normally do and we're trying to expand, that is seeing yourself being stretched. So a mindset is different there because you have to stretch and it's more confidence of who you are and what skills you have. Can you talk about, do you have a question, Gina? No, I'm just listening. (laughs) Can you talk about confidence? I find that men, especially in the tech industry, um, are confident um, and they say some of the craziest things. And we sit there as women a lot of times and look at them and say, he has no idea what he's talking about. Oh, I tell him that, too. <laughs> I think you do. I do. <laughs> However, <laughs> but to this point, um, I think many women have been taught not to do that. And so and so we don't. Oh, I was taught not to do it. I do. <laughs> well, but I mean, I think that's I'm coming up on the question is, is how do you build that type of confidence in what it is you're doing? Right. Mm-hmm. And the confidence enough to be able to question someone else who, you know, is misusing their confidence and just saying crazy things because they are overconfident. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, men, because I coach some men, so I hope they're not listening, but uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, they are actually, I'm probably not, I'm going to answer your question in a roundabout way. They're probably more emotional than women. It's Mm. very, yes. And so when we're coaching on, on how they show up in the, in the meetings or with their team, they're, they uh, they come off, they give the air of confidence, but it is, they're not. I, I think I find women more confident in a lot of ways. It even takes confidence to hold your tongue. It takes That's confidence true. to speak up, right? And so they just say some, I don't say they, I, you can find that they just know how to play the game, but is that confidence? We title it as confidence, it's just a learned behavior because as even as young men, they're taught, you don't cry. You, you stand up for yourself. You know, we are not taught that as women. You know, there is some mothers or, or aunts or people in your life that may say that, but men hear it more often. So they're playing a role that they're really not comfortable with. Hmm. That is interesting. But- I would definitely say from my experience <laughs> speaking up, that's absolutely true. Because you can hurt yeah. someone's feelings by just speaking truth. And that to me is insane. But so their response isn't necessarily always arrogance, but it's it's hurt because you you figured out that they don't know what they're talking. about. Yes. <laughs> yes. And you always find I mean, I don't know. I don't know stats or, you know, I haven't done the, the but there's always a possibly a woman who's doing most of the work. I have, I have seen that. I have. And the man, yeah. Chief of staff is usually a female, you know what I'm saying? Um, Things of such, your, your top performer director to a VP or SVP or CEO. Sometimes you have, or there's a, there's a woman. And and like I said, I don't have the stats. Yes. 
you know, so all together. are we, yeah, but are we more confident? We just don't know how to use it in a way that they've learned to use it. And I think that's the concept that we're missing. So confidence is important, but we're comparing what confidence and how confidence is defined in, in the boardroom, but it's really not confidence. It's showmanship. It's mm. how to present. And when you play like they play, then it comes off, we come off like arrogant or mad or whatever, but it's because they're used to your any, there's that saying, if I make you feel insecure, right? It's not, it's not my problem. It's yours. Right. And mm-hmm. so when a woman speaks up in a room, possibly it can cause the insecurity. Then they're like, oh, you know, we don't want her in here because it's just, you know, too much. We'll just talk amongst ourselves because it's calling them out on their insecurity. Or, huh. You were getting ready to say something. I forgot it already. Oh. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. Well, no, I, I kind of remember. It, we we kind of were chatting out this with the last guest. It's almost like it holds up this whole facade of what work is. You know, you have everybody just parodying and pretending to be something instead of actually just getting down to work and collaborating. And that drives me crazy, but which is a lot of times why I can't hold it anymore. And I have to speak up as like, okay, let's be real here. Um, but it's, it's almost like that's a game. And maybe the men were taught that's the game you play to, to, to hold up the other men in the, in the, in the boardroom. Right. But that's not how you, get business done it's not how you move on it's not how you get good business done well yeah it's how they it's how it's how the business world works but they don't get things done when when that's correct in that kind of environment things don't get done i agree i agree yeah so and think about it you know how long does a ceo really hold a position it's like three to five years they're not long term it's a shift because it they shift out and that is intentional Mm -hmm. that's an intentional move that's not, oh, yeah, they decided to move on to another. No, it's it's the plan. Yeah, for them to only be there for a while. Yeah, to do what they do and get out or do or just be that new presence there. Because really, if you think about it, it just goes in a circle. Oh, we did this for this CEO or this person. And then they they leave and something new comes in. Oh, but he likes it this way, you know, and then, then, some, then they like it this way. And that's why there's firing, there's hiring, there's movement mm-hmm. in teams. It's just a lot of busyness. Mm-hmm. But not progress. Yeah. Not, not, not enough progress. progress. There is yeah. some progress, but not enough yeah. progress. I want to on the organization. <laughs> I want to shift to marketing and I want to talk about your brand. Um, okay. You've made some intentional moves with your brand and I would love for you to to talk about them. You're looking at me like what the heck did she just ask? Well, I, you know it's so funny because I'm thinking is it in, is it intentional? Well, okay. Let, let's say this. I have an end game, right? Is to I say this um it's even on my calendar every day. They know me. Who is they? It's just they know me. Right. And that means they know me for what I do. They know for the good I do. So that could be my end game for marketing is they know me, not necessarily they know me and their worship. No, it's they know me. They know what I can produce. They know what I can help. They can help me. They know I have a podcast. They know I have events. They know I da da da. So that is my way. Go ahead. Were you going to say something? I was going to say so. 
Okay. I mean, that's, that is part of, of brand. Your, your, your choice of, cause you're Dr. Carla Michelle Inc. So yes. you are your brand. I am. Um, your visual identity is very consistent. Um, in in tone uh, all of your images your photographs and your images that you use are power positions um and and unless you're analyzing it it it, it it's a, it's subliminal but mm-hmm. it is this it's this very power position that you present um and so are are you telling me that that's just who you are and none of that was intentional <laughs> That's just, you know, I guess, you know, because I love hearing you. That's when you're asking me, I'm like, I don't know. I think I just show up as me. I show up as what I believe in. You know, we go back to that belief. I give, you know, whether it's on social media or a podcast or something like this, I give what I, I give encouragement. You know, I give empowerment. I give you can you can do it. I give insight and, and revelation to help you based on you. Um, it's consistent. So I don't think it as um, marketing. I think it is like, this is legitimately who I am, how I choose to show up for myself. You can ask my kids. I am no different, you know, other than my kids saying, can you just be my mom and not my coach right now? <laughs> <laughs> so it is really, it is really me. But I've always kind of been that way of how do I, if someone needs some support, how do I give it? But and that's the best kind of marketing, though, don't you think, Gina? Yeah. Is that is that authenticity? And I think, mm-hmm. I think your, um, your ability to stand in it uh, is is also what makes it great. I think a lot of people. I, I'll just be honest. I'll talk about myself. Um, they're are a lot of times when I believe that I'm something and mm-hmm. and this is who my authentic self is, but I'm always worried about hurting someone's feelings or, uh, or offending someone. And so, so you stand in that, in that brand all the time. And uh, at I, least, at least from this side, from this side of the <laughs> microphone, you are standing in your brand all the time. And I think that's I, great marketing. I do. And I have to watch out if I can go on a personal side of this. I have to watch out that, you know, I, I, I'm single. So I date. I have to make sure because this is me that I don't go on a date and they're like, oh, my God, I can have a girlfriend who's a personal cheerleader and help. You know, I have to make sure that I control how I show up in certain how I show up as me in certain situations. So it's almost reverse. This is always me. And then there's times I have to make sure I. Okay, that you're 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 you gotta bring it in so you can get something back from a relationship. Everybody's not a client. Everybody's you know, everybody's not yes, whatever I do. So I think I'm the reverse where it is me. All the time. And sometimes yeah. you like, okay, you can't have all of me. Yes. <laughs> That's right, right? You right? can only have a sliver. <laughs> It's so funny, Angelia. I was checking into the hotel and there's this room they showed me, you know, it was the, it was this room I 
I, I was shown and I thought I was going to get. So I'm checking in and I had to catch myself, remember who I was, because I was so disappointed that the room, all the rooms that I could have had, they were all gone. And, and I ended up, I got a room, but it was just, it, it wasn't, wasn't what I, it wasn't the right room. It wasn't the, it wasn't <laughs> the room I imagined in my head. It was still a good room. And I was going in. Okay. So this is me when I'm like, I'm like, well, I don't understand. And the lady's like, well, I said, are they checking out? She goes, no, they just checked in last night. And there's a note on my account to give me one of those rooms. No one held it, you know, whatever. But I had to bring it back because that's where the event was. And I was I was going in like, well, you know, can you call something? I was like, calm the heck down, woman. You got got an event here to help women and you are going in and this young girl like, <laughs> you know because I'm like you know but that taught me that's one of the notes I took to today about debriefing like I don't have to be phony it wasn't phony and I was glad that I I talked about my emotion not my I'm mad and I didn't cuss or anything I just said I'm so disappointed so forgive me if I'm coming off like but I'm just really disappointed I was really looking forward to that room I said give me a minute and I, I will take and I had to stand there I said I will take what you have you know because because it was it it wasn't the representation that I would like in that moment now do I I catch myself because I have to remember I'm a representation of that makes me think of my brand. Yes. That made me think of it because I feel like I'm always in it. But that right there, when I didn't get what I thought I was going to get, I was like, like, (laughs) brand, brand, brand. You got to get here. You know, they talk, right? They talk amongst each other. I got a complimentary breakfast, you know, and all that because of it. But in a late checkout, I mean, they took care of me. I got champagne and and fruit in the room afterwards. You know, they did good. They they did good. But I had to catch my brand at that moment. Um, I want to shift a little bit to your event that you've been talking about and your book launch. And mm-hmm. I, I want to ask you, is it a evolution of mm. who you are? Is mm. it expansion? Is mm. it is it a rebrand? <laughs> <laughs> OK, so I have to say this. Uh I'm not, I'm, I'm in my fifties. So back in my twenties, I had started a newsletter that turned into a magazine with subscribers. So I'm done that. I've written a couple of small books, self-published a couple of small books back in my late twenties and thirties. So after my divorce, I kind of pulled back, focused on raising my kid, went back into working, finding another job, working my way. And where I am now, now it is kind of like a a, a rebirth mm-hmm. of what I've already done and doing it on on this scale, whatever this scale is, because I think the scale has been pretty big as well. But I I know now it's just a more mature, a more knowing me more, knowing myself, liking myself more. And understanding myself. So this is kind of like a rebirth of something that I love to do. So the event is something I haven't had one in about 20 years where I've had a hotel room and people coming in type of thing. 
into it was just like clockwork getting back there. And the book is just something that I wanted. I, I the, it was called the free woman event and how the free woman event, but the book is called the free woman, how to live free every day. And it is tips <laughs> and personal application of what does that look like? Or at least there's questions in there that get you thinking of what it, what do you want helping you get to know you. What do you want from it? What do you want from yourself? What do you want from your day? What do you want from your job? What do you want from your dreams? How are you going to impact, implant, impact the next generation? I mean, what do you, it's not just about us. We should be leaving some type of legacy, even if it's not with our kids, with the community that we're in, with the people yes. that we touch. So the book touches more on the application. The event was more in the moment. And how do we encourage the panelists were great that came in. We had different from like 20 to, you know, uh, almost 60 of the panelists. So we had a good age range, um, married or uh, kids, new, you know, young kids, single. We had it all there. And it was just something, once again, to encourage, to encourage. You know, I have the acronym STRONG. And I was going to ask you about the transition from STRONG to FREE. Well, free is just the thing for this year. Okay. It was the theme for this year. So strong I have, continues. Strong is the plat strong is the is the why I'm here kind of thing. Okay. Because strong stands for strategic, talented, resilient, optimistic, necessary, and the G is global. Because if you can have a strategy, know your talent. Continue to be resilient, remain optimistic, know good and well that you are necessary, not needed. Needed is a one time. Necessary is ongoing. If you have all that, then why not go global? And if it's not the world, at least your world, go do something that you know you can do. And that's how I came from you know, divorce with having to get back into the workforce because I was a good domestic goddess for 10 years. Mm. And that was our tax return, domestic goddess. <laughs> so, <laughs> and getting back, you know, getting back, you know, not having money saved, having to find a job and then working my way to here and going back to school. I even went back and started like I didn't finish my AA young. I got married and had kids. So I finished the AA, got a BA, got an MA, got a PhD. It just kept going. Um, that was my rebranding or my rebirth. And to be here today um, with Strong, Strong was it? I, I had a strategy. I tapped into my talents. I got some schooling and some education. I, I, um, I um, invested in personal development, all that stuff to understand my talents, resiliency. I, I had that, but I had more when it comes to business. Optimism. Optimism was my biggest thing. I had to have the best outlook on my future than anyone else could tell me. I had to be optimistic about what I'm doing and I couldn't let my own voice tell me, oh, that's not going to work. I had to say, well, if it doesn't work, something else better is coming. Something else better something because some kind of way everything works out for me. Some kind of way. I've been through a lot and I'm here. So I do not, I, I don't even have to second guess that something is not going to work out for me. Maybe it's not always the plan. And I, there's this other term I like now, marry the process, divorce the outcome. And that huh. helps so much to marry the process because sometimes we're so stuck on the outcome 
we we mess up and we falter. But if we just marry the process, just do what you need to do to get what you think is going to get you where you need to go. Forget the outcome. And just tapping into that strong because it wasn't the strong and the S on my chest that was getting me. That was wearing me out. That was making me tired. That was making me depressed. It was having a strategy, understanding who I was and my talents, being resilient, being optimistic, understanding I'm necessary. I am needed. I'm required in this world. And then touching lives globally. I like that, Mary, the process, divorce, the outcome. And I think... In a corporate sense, that's really hard to do because you're constantly judged on the outcome. And as an entrepreneur, it should be easier to do. But when you come, if you come to entrepreneurship after being in corporate, you have that corporate baggage that that you're dragging along. And I find for me, it's hard to I, I tell myself right? This is supposed to take time. This, what you just invested in doesn't happen overnight. It's supposed to take time. But having been in corporate environments where you, you know, you don't have the value of time. um, Mm -hmm. I, I often don't give myself the grace to Mm -hmm. divorce the outcome because it's like, well, the outcome's not here. So the process must not be working. And then you spend all this time and running in circles, redoing the process. Um, and as it, in corporate, I was the one saying, no, the process is working just wait. But as an yeah. entrepreneur, I find that it's, it's changed. Why is it because you're more responsible for the outcome? Is that what switched? I don't know. I mean, it could be, it could be, um, There could be some um, pent up, I told you so's that I'm trying to avoid. Um, It could also be, Mm. um, a, a lot of what I do, my whole career has always been focused on what's happening tomorrow. Uh, and, and I don't say that that makes I don't think that makes me better than anyone else. Uh, it's just what I focus on. I focus on what happens tomorrow. And when you're focused on what's happening tomorrow, nobody knows. Nobody knows where you are, who you are. They don't trust mm-hmm. what you're saying because it's not real yet. Right. Um, and so having the comfort of finances and resources within a corporate environment it's easy to be bold in that Um, but but being on your own and not necessarily having all of that uh sometimes makes you second guess I don't I I wouldn't say second guess but it, it it puts an urgency on trying to trying to make it work so I could see that um, it, it's, it, you know, because when you're talking, I see it because I've been there and you do have the the kind of the the shelter, the arm, the the cradling of a job every two weeks. But it's something that I started thinking they can let me go anytime and yeah. I'm replaced anytime. So really, do I have security? I have false security because my my future is in someone's hand. 
Now that I work for myself, yes, it's scary because there's a lot that's attached to making sure that I bring in the income that I would like to bring. That's bring in, but that's attached to my value and how I value what I do and that my price point of what I do, right? So that all has something to do with it. But I am in control at whether I do this or not. Whereas if I'm working with someone, it's really, I can do the best. I can be the best. I can have great performance reviews and they could still let me go. Yeah, because that's their option. We in a previous podcast this season, we talked about it. We called it the golden cage. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And Gina said that she wishes she had left the cage a lot sooner because she felt like she could have done she could do it. She should have done it sooner because she knew she could make it work. And, uh, and, and, and so anyway, we had a little conversation, but the, the joke is that Gina says, well, I guess I'm just a grackle. And so, <laughs> so if you don't do, if, I was going to say, if you're not from Texas, we didn't, we didn't explain who, what grackles uh-huh. were in that last podcast. So if you're not from Texas, uh, grackles, they look like crows, but they're smaller and they are insidious birds. They fly in packs. Um, They're not insidious. They oh they they yes they are. <laughs> <laughs> they fly in packs. They uh, they take over a territory. Mm-hmm. I think that was her point. Is that grackles take over a territory? No. That was what was your point? point? What was your point? Because grackles being a grackle? are also very smart. Grackles are very clean. And they they poop all over everything, Gina. They get it out of them. <laughs> like, they they are clean. If they go and get something to eat, they wash it before they eat it. They're very very smart. Like we were at brunch one day, and this grackle they had figured out where the sugar caddies were and pecked out a sugar caddy and put it on the ground and pecked it till the sugar came out and ate all the sugar out of it they're very oh, smart don't all birds do that not all birds are that smart to to interact with humans that way they're very clever and they they talk to me i know when they're coming back in my neighborhood they tell me they want food they tell me we want water grackles go do what they want to do they're like i gotta go do this i'm gonna go do it so gina has a special relationship with grackles <laughs> I do I'm not. I'm waiting for the book. I'm waiting for the book on grackles. <laughs> I don't know if I can write the book on grackles. But they do. They have their, their, the lady grackles are very small and brown looking. And the male grackles are beautiful, shiny, shiny, shiny They black. are very shiny black. And they have a weird song that they sing when they sing the sun goodnight. They don't, I never hear them singing it up. They sing the sun goodnight. They get up all the top of the trees. You'll go past them like on the highways, getting onto the highways. They'll be on every single flat surface possible. When the grackles Hundreds. want something, they just, they're like, it's time to do it. And they go do it. They don't waste time being afraid. They go do it. I do believe that. And they do it in mass and they take stuff. They take over stuff. They just, they just take over. They take over the whole corner. <laughs> I do. <laughs> so, but I want to, I want to, before we, we we're coming to the end here. And there is one thing on the tea time that we had set up is I wanted to talk about mindset um the the mindset shifts you need to when you're when you're hurt and Mm -hmm. so the hurts that I hit in here that I wanted to talk to you about today and I think we only have time for one because I want to give you a little bit of time at the end is Mm -hmm. having your ideas stolen 
(laughs) I think that happens to people a lot and it is really painful. And what is the what would you say is the mindset shift or the strategy to deal with uh, when you've put a lot of work into something and. And it gets and I put stolen in quotes, right, because the people who are taking it a lot of times they are like, well, no, I'm your boss. Right. You did this for me. What do you mean? I've stolen it. Um, But it doesn't change the way you feel. Yeah. The intellectual property thing. Right. You know, you you work for us. So it belongs to us. Um, Yes. I believe that it's important to how are we communicating so we can share an idea, we can talk about an idea, but how are we communicating how we want to represent that idea or how we want it represented? We're not setting the table. So if you're just putting it out there for anyone to dine, they're going to take it. But if you Mm. set the table in a way where it is protecting or has your name on it, or you have rules to it, if I can say, whereas I would love this, I have this idea, but this is what I want to do, or this is how I would like to be involved or name what you want, because are they stealing it or you've just not owned it? Mm. I don't know. I've had ideas stolen that I did own. And no, no, we can't fund that. We can't do that. We can't do that. And then two quarters down the line, I see the favorites men get the idea and a team and a budget to go implement it exactly the way I said to do it. So I have had things stolen, absolutely stolen from me. And then I'd have to ask, Gina, you know, how long did you stay at a company that was mistreating you like that? Right. This is when I got the idea of being a grackle. (laughs) The grackle would not put up with that. But then that, and sometimes things serve you in a way to get you to your next level. That's true. So even though they're that vindictive or however, I don't want to use that's a very strong word. If they're that intentional of using an idea, which is great, but they don't want to give credit, then you've got to call it as it is. And then you need to make moves because a lot of people will see that and it keeps happening. And it's 20 years later. Yeah. And they're still getting there. They know this is the ideal guy or person, person right here. And they'll use you. And those are the people who don't usually get promoted to a higher. They don't want to lose that idea. They don't want you are the creative. We need you right here. Just I want to go. I want to be in this. T- I want to do, uh, you know, it's not time yet. Yes. No, it's not time. We're working on something. But in the meantime, you're cranking out these ideas. But if we that's another thing is still it's stolen in some way because we're not owning Owning even ourselves of I'm just putting up with this, you know, somewhat looking like a professional abuse. I need to go where I'm celebrated. You know, I need to go where I'm not just used for what I have, but I'm a part of what I have. And there's many organizations like that. Well, that's why I started my own thing. I have a job coach, too. And she said exactly what you said. (laughs) (laughs) And we have to look at it. Sometimes when bad things happen to good people on the job, what does it mean? Is it time to go? Yeah. Yeah. No, is it? And and you're the one dragging your feet and then getting dragged through the mud because you are saying, I don't know. I don't, you, you got to move when it's not right, but we're not always taught that, you know, my parents stayed in a job until forever. Right. And then they left. I think my dad got a little pin, just a little pin. (laughs) You know, for I don't know how many decades of work. Yeah. And, you know, so it, it's if that's our goal, just to be long term at a job. And so we can say, 
I have pension. I have nowadays. It's it's so crazy. So you have to think of why are you there? Is it really feeding? Because you could be there if you have a goal. There's something you're getting. There's something you're working on. I'm not saying quit everybody who's listening. I'm saying have have a strategy. Sometimes we're just happy to be hired. We don't even have a strategy. Oh, like, most of the why time. Why do you have to be there? Why, right. Yeah, we're going to be here forever. No, don't be there forever. Get what you need to get. I think and, sometimes it's hard too because you, um, it, it takes an emotional toll. And until you really kind of put it in the context of what it is, you do have to have a strategy to stay and make that transition plan and transition your mind to, um, have mine. You'll see. <laughs> That's what my my strategy was. You know, I started thinking like a grackle. <laughs> yeah. All right. When someone called me an anomaly, I was like, "Why to look it up?" I was like, what is, that? <laughs> is that a compliment? And I didn't take it as a compliment. I took it as like, I tell somebody who's went to school, your company halfway paid for something, yes. and you tell me there is no place for that's how I heard there was no place for me mm-hmm. because that meant I could have your job HR person who's talking telling me I'm an anomaly you know and so you're just gonna say yeah there's nothing we can do yeah yeah but it was what I needed I wouldn't be here today I wouldn't have yeah. met and in the taxi you know being creepy and saying can I ride with you <laughs> you know it was <laughs> but Everything, if it pushes you out, let it push you out into the place that you want to go. Well, Dr. Carla, I want to give you a a few minutes because we're coming to the end of our time. But I want to give you a few minutes to tell the people where to find you, um, to tell the people how to get your latest book. Okay, sure. Uh, Well, I am I am on LinkedIn as Dr. Carla Michelle. Uh, Instagram at Miss Carla Michelle. Now I have to do a disclaimer. You'll see lifestyle. You'll see my personal stuff. You see me working out. It's not all, you know. Then I have another one kind of page called Coach DCM. You get more some wording. I'm working on it. Say a prayer, you know, trying to do <laughs> all the time. Uh, <laughs> I have the Strong Network podcast, which is everywhere. The Strong Network co- podcast. And it says Strong Network podcast with Dr. Carla Michelle. I do use that Dr. Carla Michelle a lot. Um, so you'll see that. And I also have drcarlainc.com, my website, D-R-C-A-R-L-A-I-N-C.com. Oh, the free woman, how to live free every day is on Amazon. It's also connected to drcarlainc.com. There's a link on there as well. But make sure if you use Dr. Carla Inc., it's right there. Amazon is starting to get into that algorithm where my name comes up more. How to, you know, how to live free every day, Dr. Carla Michelle. We'll put the link on there. I just wanted to give you a chance to say it. So if you're listening, we'll make sure all of these links are in the notes for the podcast so you won't have any trouble finding her. Thank you, Dr. Carla. Can I say something? Yes. If they mention podcast, I would love to offer them a a discounted um, something, uh, coaching. So we'll see. We can just do, I do clarity sessions. Um, I can analyze some things for you, but we can definitely, if you mention this podcast, we'll work something out. Awesome. Thank you. We appreciate that. That's pretty cool. (laughs) All right, Dr. Carla, thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate you. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you. Great to meet you. (laughs) Bye-bye. Nice to meet you. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us today on the Tech Aunties podcast. 
If you have a topic you would like us to cover, please connect with us on LinkedIn and Instagram. You can also find this episode and others at techaunties.com. Until next time, y'all be sweet.